0: Hello and welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast, episode 41, with me, Ian Log, And me, Seb Liedelardo, oh. and we're going to say the
1: date, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, we
0: are, that's right, that's exactly what I was going to say What is the as date? Well. It's the 13th of February, Friday oh. the 13th, 2015.
1: Look. Oh, well, we're pushing our luck, aren't we?
0: It's Halloween, no, it's not Halloween tomorrow. <laughs> what no. am I talking about? It's Valentine's it's... Day tomorrow. Oh. The, <laughs> the other Halloween. Yeah, have you got Valentine's Day plans? Not really. I'll probably think of something super last minute and rubbish. Yeah. I'm not a uh, very romantic person, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm a bit rubbish at that sort of stuff. Yeah, me too. Oh dear, our poor partners. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well I'm mind. good at computers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're good at
1: computers. <laughs> so today we're going to talk all about your new mobile game, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really call it mine. Let's say the mobile game that I've been working on for about the last six months. Let's just call it yours. And
1: then just really, really upset everyone else that devoted yeah, exactly. all those hours to it. You can just take all the credit for it.
0: Yeah, why not? Well, that's what, that's what you're in for over the next 25 minutes. So, uh <laughs> yeah, the, the game's called The Dumping Ground, You're the Boss. And okay. it was a project that was for the BBC, for children's, BBC Children's, or CBBC as the channel is called. And my client was an agency called Something Else who do all kinds of stuff. They do like, they're a talent agency. They are a, they make apps and games. They're also like an audio production company is their main thing. Are they in London? Yeah, they're in sort of just off Old Street.
1: Okay, so you've been working for them for a while making this app. Yeah. And, And how, what's the sort of production time
0: been um yeah so it was about it was in development for about six months and yeah i was on it pretty much from the start but not at the con- concept stage just everything after that so sort of pinning down exactly how the gameplay would work yeah and then just building it and i was the tech lead and mm. but it was it was part of a, a pretty big team really like there was all uh, a load of guys at something else plus a bunch of freelancers filling various roles and the BBC were sort of part of the team as well as being uh, the client, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like um, I like how you call it something else. <laughs> it is something else, there's no G. It's
1: so, but not only that, but it's like there's no thing. You know, it's like something. something. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like oh, London, I'm saying it? it wrong. Yeah, we're both London, it's like
0: something else it should be called yes
1: something yeah. else I if think. it was
0: a northern company it'd be like summer else <laughs> summit <laughs> anyway but there's, is, there's no g so it is something it is else, something else anyway but it's not yeah, something so, else uh yeah uh dan Het, one of our list one of our bit listeners and biggest fans was also sort of involved in the project on the bbc side so i know dan hi hi dan um i was at the bbc yesterday were you were yeah. you at media city
1: i was at media city and I met John Howard uh, and cool. Claire from, uh, well, I don't think John's at, at am, I, am I allowed to talk about where he is? I don't think he's a part of, he's got his own sort of team now where he's doing cool stuff. But anyway, I, I digress.
0: <laughs> You're just name dropping. That, that actually added, added no content other than just da-donk. <laughs> yeah, just because I, I know people. It's yeah. brilliant. I just want it to be known that I know lots of people.
1: <laughs> well so, i wasn't at media city to see the bbc though oh were you not no i would i'm going to do pixel pyros there oh okay in uh on march the something fourteen, fifteen, something like that two nights very cool sorry just to totally steal your, no, that's fine. your subject but it's it's quite funny because it's run by um uh what is it keys culture i think they're part of the lowry theater there too and I know that John has been trying to get Pixel Pyros at Media City through his various BBC friends for, like, right. years. <laughs> and then I end up going there through a completely different channel. And he had nothing to do with it, which is brilliant.
0: <laughs> In your face, John.
1: Yeah, nice John try, mate. This
0: and sometimes, I think. Hi, John. Do you think? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it was an interesting project. It was yes. uh, Unity, and it used lots of, like, third-party stuff to actually make it work because it's sort of a mix of 2d and 3d and you can't really do that that well in unity without using a bunch of like third party stuff so i'm I'm looking at
1: the video now okay so what is it Uh, i'm seeing a house yeah like a doll's house type yeah
0: i mean that's a pretty good description of it
1: it's like a doll's house type and there's lots of sort of 2d characters dancing around yeah it looks like they're sort of animated like with puppet sort of the puppet sort of warping technique
0: yeah all the animation is done in
1: spine oh but it was a 3d house it just spun round.
0: yeah so the house is 3d and then the characters are sort of they're like 2d animations but they exist sort of in a 3d space
1: right so i expect you're going to talk about spine right do you want to get into that now or should we save that because i don't know what it is let's
0: just get into it there's not that much to say about it really it's like it's an animation program it's specifically set up for doing character animation 2d character animation like yeah uh, skeletal stuff um, okay the nice thing about it is if you ever animated in flash and like you had an arm bit and you had an you had an upper arm bit and a lower arm bit say or you had yeah. like a thigh bit and a shin bit yeah if if you wanted to animate those two things together you would have to sort of move one and then move the other one to fit on the right end yeah but, like, spine is, like, fully boned so that yeah. when you move the arm, everything just translates down fully through the thing. So
1: it's all kinematics,
0: right? Uh, is does... that what they call it? Well, forward kinematics is the simple one, which is, like, yeah. you rotate the upper arm and the lower arm does. So yeah. it's, it's obviously that. It's, it also supports inverse kinematics. Inverse kinematics, That's where, where you basically
1: like... you have to decide where the hand is. And it figures out. And all it the figures out the rest. Yeah, I mean, which is really good for things like shoulder. walking.
0: But I'm—I don't think we use that on this project because I'm not sure that uh, the Unity sort of uh, plugin. What is
1: plugin the right word? I don't know. Is this Spine the plugin? Yes.
0: Well, yeah. It's not. I don't think plugin is the right word. Runtime. So basically, Spine oh, right. is like a cross-platform thing. Yeah. It's not just a Unity thing. Like it works on like most game engines. Like it will run in like Phaser, and it will run in flash and uh so it's a Starling separate app isn't yeah it? exactly it's not like a yeah in for
1: unity but it's that's like actually its
0: that's actually super useful because yeah. it means that all the animators have to give you is uh they can just deliver like one it generates an atlas which has all of the sprite information on it like uh so one png with all of the image mm. all the images on one atlas and then like a a json file which says where the different parts are and then another json file which is the animation so it's like they just give you three files and it's really easy to keep those three files up to date yeah um and the animators don't have to go anywhere near unity so that's brilliant yeah That's that's
1: exactly what i was trying to set up um just when i was leaving plugin that you know trying to make a uh a a kind of non-platform specific animation um i guess it's a file format right
0: (laughs) yeah i mean pretty much. it's like the graphics
1: and the data yeah so it's really cool to see that someone's actually done that because that's exactly the right solution for this problem isn't it uh
0: pretty much yeah a lightweight
1: format that you can write or create like players for across any platform
0: yeah absolutely and that just
1: makes sense so everyone trying to like compile flash to to different like platforms I always thought that was kind of a bit I was trying to get flash to be something it wasn't like
0: well I mean I think that would make sense if the flash format was open source yeah but it isn't whereas the spine format is open source oh brilliant And all of the runtimes are open source so if you want to do your own runtime yeah you've got like loads of examples to port from basically
1: sure well I think what's interesting is that this format sounds a bit like what Swift maybe used to be. You know, the Flash file format before Flash, before Swift ended up having all the action script and all the the sure. byte code in it. And so, everyone... um,
0: I guess it's a bit different because that gives you shape information. Yeah. Whereas uh, Spine is literally like only an atlas-based thing, so it has to come with an image file with all of the, the that data in it. And it's it's all bitmaps. It's no. It's not vectors. No, it's not vectors. Absolutely. Vecture. But then vectors, like you don't really use vectors on mobile, like ever, hmm. because, I mean, mobile devices just aren't designed to show vectors. Like they can show three D geometry, or they can show uh, images, and three D geometry to to create like. Uh, so you can. There are things where you, for example, might create like. If you've got some very large text, you might mm. make it be a mesh. Yeah. So that would be like three D geometry. Yeah. But if you did that on everything, it would be super slow because you'd, your geometry would be way too complex. So it's much yeah. easier to just use a big image.
1: And and put a bit put it on the put it on the bitmap on the planes.
0: Yeah, and like uh, you know, a modern mobile device has so much RAM, and like all the RAM is shared between video memory and uh, like application memory. So there's yeah. not a concept of like ram and vram or whatever is all just shared so that means that you might only use like 50 megs of actual memory for your application if it's something quite simple but then you're using like a gigabyte of video memory to store all your huge giant images but that's fine like that totally works so
1: okay so i feel like we've got really into the details very quickly but i i want to (laughs) know about (laughs) what's the point of the game
0: uh it's like um it's like a nurturing game like it's a bit like the sims or something like that or maybe somewhere in between like the sims and something more like a a tiny tower or something like that yeah but um and it's it's very much aimed at kids it's aimed at kids it's a tie-in with um a tv show called the dumping ground which is a spin-off from jacqueline wilson's tracy beaker novels right um she's a very famous british author of children's fiction um and she she's an illustrator as well, isn't no, she? The she no, the illustrator who works with her is called oh damn it. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> but they really always bad. they always
0: work together, right? All her they books do have and, the same sort and of look. In fact, everyone on this project had to work in the style of uh Nick Sherratt, is the guy's name. Okay. Um so yeah, there were about th- uh, t- uh two main illustrators, Rosie and Laurie and then um Amanda, uh, my partner, and Another guy whose name I forget did some additional stuff, um, but yeah, all working in the style of Nick Chatterton. Sure, I th- I'm not sure if you have to. There's the BBC have got a, someone who is who does creates these character designs um, specifically for the show because the show has some like animated sequences which use this style. If that makes sense. So the show is like a live action show. It's not a cartoon. Oh, yeah. But it has yeah, yeah. these like animated dream sequence or fantasy sequence type bits, which are done in this style.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it's a very like hand drawn, like sketchy sort of 2D style. It's a bit cartoon, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, super cartoony and stuff. So yeah. anyway, they have a guy an Illustrator whose name, again, I forget, who <laughs> does all of the character designs. For like when a new character enters the show because like nick charat obviously doesn't have time to do every possible thing in like a huge franchise so i don't know whether like you need permission whether they have a special deal with nick Sherat to like work in his style does that make sense i have yeah. no idea but um it's interesting yeah so uh so it's sort of
1: like The Sims,
0: you have to just... Yeah, sort of, and it's about upgrading your house and stuff like that. It's a lot like a free-to-play type game, except that like there's no in-app purchases or anything. It's just totally free, because it's yeah. the BBC. And it's uh, I guess BBC Worldwide projects can be commercial, but BBC, like, licence-fee-funded stuff, which is what this is, tends to be completely free. Because you've mm. already sort of paid for it in your TV licence, basically.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Now that um, in fact, I heard this yesterday that games now for for CBBC are they're always apps, right?
0: They're, um, they're not. They're no, not they really. still do a mix. Like they do. Yeah. I think they're still trying lots of things out. Like they're trying out HTML five stuff. They're trying out Unity yeah. stuff. They're trying out mobile things. Like this this one, although primarily like the main focus was mobile. It also has a Unity web player version that you can play on the CBBC website. Mm. So uh yeah I mean I don't have access to any of the stats to to know like how popular relatively each version is or anything, but um this was featured, so we tried to do a soft launch of this game, like uh to just put it live before it was promoted on t v um but basically, Apple decided to feature it as soon as it went live, so <laughs> <laughs> it was during the soft launch period, it was like the number one free uh kids game or, or free There's, it was the number there, was one kids app basically which made it which was sort of interesting for a soft launch but
1: was there a server side element to it or is it all just the local game? No. no
0: what it does is it um, w- when you go away from it when you reload it it looks at how much time has passed and it runs the simulation based on uh, how long it would have been running for if you'd had it open the whole time does that make sense
1: yeah so it's like Tamagotchi is that how tamagotchi works well yeah you'd have to keep checking in on it and making sure it didn't die uh
0: i suppose so but i I guess tamagotchi is running constantly yeah maybe it's not actually maybe tamagotchi goes to sleep in a clever way i'm not sure but i would hope so but this uh this just looks at the time Well, yeah because i mean the technology wise like Uh, you can't really run like processes in in the background in ios like there are certain ones you can (laughs) run but you can't run like a whole game simulation so the way it works is it doesn't do anything while you're away and then when you return to the app it like runs all the time as if you'd been away basically um
1: so so tell me um what were the the best bits about the development uh, or the most interesting, or the biggest challenges, or whatever.
0: Okay, I guess the biggest challenges... Talk me through it. Were, the biggest challenges were just pulling everything together, all the different moving parts, basically, in a way that worked. So there were lots of problems to solve, like what 2D, what 2D animation system to use, how to set up the 3D, like how much we could get away with, how to mix those things without having weird depth-sorting issues and stuff. Uh, <laughs> things like which... Because uh, for for user interface things uh, in Unity, you like we we were working before the the new native uh, new I think it's called the UGUI stuff Universal yeah. GUI. So came that's out. like
1: a two D interface system for Unity, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we were working just before that came out. So okay. uh, this one uses NGUI. But then there's also a thing called 2D Toolkit, which we're also using for other parts, but which we could have used for the GUI, but I decided not to. So there's like so many decisions like that that had to be made, basically. And there's things like how to handle uh, downscaling uh, the sprites for different devices and things like that. So what we did on this, which worked out being the best way to work, really, is you just work at iPad size and then let Unity downscale everything, Mm. basically that's the safest way of working um and, and i guess what about like the interface
1: did you have to redesign that for the smaller devices um, or did, no in okay? the end
0: what we did was just designed it for the, so that uh on the smallest device which is like an iPhone 4s um on there the buttons are big enough to press like they're they're bigger than a minimum size um and then we just let the buttons be huge on iPad basically
1: and so it was like six months work. How did that sort of break up in terms of like planning, development, testing? Um, it was
0: done in about, uh, let's see, it was done in like, there was a prototype phase, an alpha phase, a beta phase, and then like a testing and like final release phase. And then we we're just doing a small amount of, um, like a very small update, basically, to just fix a couple of like issues and add a couple of extra effects. Yeah. Which is going to be out soon, but yeah, it was pretty well received on the app store and everything, like it was um it's had good reviews, is it um, it's had pretty good reviews, yeah, not not outstanding, but um, what does have outstanding reviews on the? I app know store? there's very few things, <laughs> and I think one of the things with ratings is that the people who tend to rate stuff tends to be um the ones that are annoyed ones that are annoyed, yeah, so unless yeah. you offset that by doing like quite an aggressive promoting people to rate which we didn't do yeah, um, yeah that's going to happen basically which
1: is kind of a, a horrible thing to do well, as well i mean there
0: it? are certain things like we also in the end decided not to do notifications mm. um but there are a lot of things that like if you do them you'll get better retention or whatever or you'll get like you can get better ratings by prompting people to rate at good points into the game for example like you know that if someone's been playing for like two hours they're probably more likely to give you a high rating than someone who's rating it because, like, it didn't work for them or whatever. Like, the people, the random odd people with a weird setup on their devices who it doesn't work for, so...
1: Yeah, and and were you the only programmer? Uh,
0: No, initially I was, but in the end there were a couple of other people who worked on it as well, but... And and how
1: did you sort of collaborate with those in a sort of effective way?
0: Yeah, so we just had, like, version control... um, and it was fine. Um, the, the thing that becomes tricky is uh, a Unity scene, only one person can work in at once. Yeah. And they don't, uh, as of like Unity 4, you can't really merge two people's work in a scene. I think with Unity 5, they're working on that. Yeah. Um, so the way you get around that is you have these things called prefabs. And basically, a prefab will persist independent of the scene, yeah. So you can have a scene, and it's got a load of prefabs in it. If you edit the prefab, the prefab's got its own file. Um, that will update in any scenes it's in. So if someone edits the prefab, and then you grab that from version control, it will like update your scene with the changes. So by like making pretty much everything in the scene be a prefab, you get a situation where you can like edit stuff. More than more than one person can edit bits of the scene at the same time. So that's how you sort of modularize
1: that and make it
0: independent. Yeah, it's still tricky, though. Like, it's not ideal, really.
1: And did you use... um, Because you can use, like, the sort of scripting language and you can use C Sharp, can't you? So which...
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone uses C Sharp now, really. Almost no one uses the thing called JavaScript, which isn't JavaScript in Unity.
1: They call it something else.
0: Unity script is is the actual name of it. but... But no one uses that anymore. I mean, some people do, but not really like it used to be i guess the standard language for unity but and certainly all
1: the tutorials and stuff were all using that previously when
0: when unity launched yeah, yeah. but i think about 3 years ago they did a conscious switch over to be like right we're going to support c sharp as the main language from now on oh cool yeah and that's better really because it's better to have a standard language where you can if you want to know how to do something you can look it up at examples that are outside of unity so
1: what are the I'd like to know what the most annoying things about Unity were and what the best things were.
0: Um okay I guess the best things were just by by making sure like by just keeping my Nexus 7 plugged into my computer all the time and just every so often just doing a m- mobile build and making sure that it ran like there was never a problem of like oh I hope this is going to actually run on devices because it's just like it was really easy to, to just make sure that it always ran cross-platform. And there were really surprisingly few cross-platform issues. The only ones there were were some issues to do with uh, draw depth or depth sorting of, like, the 2D planes um, on... I think it was on certain uh, Kindle fires. Yeah. And... I'd like, that shouldn't happen because basically, well, you would expect you, the ideal situation is like a complete, um, a truly virtual machine thing like flashes where it literally is always the same on every device, but that isn't really practical. Um, like on mobile. Um, so the, I think the only difference is that in some implementations of open or something on certain graphics chips, it will sort things slightly differently. So all that it meant was just adding a bit more Z distance between the two objects (laughs) to stop them Z fighting so that they sorted properly. And that was, like, that was it, really. And and cross-platform-wise, like, everything else pretty much worked. And so presumably
1: things like aspect ratio of the screen aren't really an issue with Unity.
0: No, not really. I mean, the... uh, Yeah, I mean, Unity sort of does that for you because it's a sort of camera-based paradigm, if that makes sense. So uh yeah it's so the, not
1: the camera just is whatever shape the, the,
0: the screen yeah exactly is, right? and the thing to do is just forget about thinking in pixel sizes and yeah. just think in meters <laughs> yeah. like you have to think in and that's that's been like one of the biggest things for me like moving from flash over to unity is like from my entire career essentially like i always thought in frames yeah normally in terms of 30 frames a second frames and pixels mm. So if I wanted to move a, a bullet to move at a certain speed, I'd always be like, oh, yeah, that feels like 10 pixels per frame or something. But now I have to think in terms of, like, metres per second. But so and, that's,
1: and in Unity, I mean, the units are just kind of arbitrary, aren't
0: they? They can yeah, be but if you whatever don't call, you decide them to Yeah, be. but if you don't decide that they're metres, you're crazy, basically. Like, <laughs> it makes your life so much easier. Yeah. The only, the only time I wouldn't think in metres is when you're dealing with something that's really not at human scale. Yeah. Like your like, if, like um, if it's ants. Yeah. But then what I would do then is basically just say, right, an ant the is one metre <laughs> an ant is what exactly, you just say yeah. an ant is one meter by one metre or whatever, or an ant is yeah. one metre long, and then just work like that. Yeah. But, and just imagine that they're thing like that's what the angry birds is. Like someone um did uh worked out like how big angry birds are and stuff, and angry birds are like two meters tall and stuff. Yeah someone worked it out based on like how fast things fall and all that sort of stuff. Interesting.
1: I don't know if that that doesn't well, I suppose yeah. I suppose that makes a bit of sense. Does I'm that make sense? It kind well, of because things
0: fall things fall at a certain speed, right? Yeah. Everything accelerates at a certain speed. Yes. So you can I can I can't remember. I'm going to I'm going to get it wrong whatever but anyway. It seemed pretty scientific when I saw it.
1: Yeah. Okay, that sounds convincing.
0: In the Angry Birds and, and annual, so, in the Angry Birds annual, it lists everything in bird units.
1: <laughs> What's the Angry Birds annual? Sorry, you remember know, uh, annuals? Yeah, do they still happen? Yeah, for, but but instead of being for like Blue Peter and uh, uh, Beano, yeah, now it's now They're it's Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Yeah,
0: there was even a Flappy Bird annual, <laughs> which is hilarious because Flappy Bird has like no backstory, no. No art, no characters. And it
1: doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Flappy Bird, yeah, it's back, I think. Oh, is it back? Yeah. Wow.
1: And so what did you have any problems with performance?
0: Um, it was surprisingly all right. The hardest thing is just making sure it all fits in memory, Yeah. which was a bit of a challenge. but. Um, so is that
1: just a question of like reducing the bitmaps and the sound effects? Yeah, I mean, stuff?
0: one of the big problems with doing 2D sprite-based stuff is if you use texture compression... Well, you can't really, like, it looks mm. awful. Um, like, texture compression is great for 3D models, so, um, like, the house, the house's texture has texture compression, but if you use it on sprites, they look really nasty, so... How does texture compression work? Uh, well, it's just there are is certain it... texture formats that are compressed. Or, like, JPEG? No, that's, that's an image format, not a texture format, so, like JPEG, but specifically for graphics cards. Okay, so it's an in internal memory; it's compressed. Um, yeah, it's compressed on the graphics chip. Yeah, and drawn, I think, straight from compressed memory to the stage. And and does it look a bit like sort of JPEG compression? If you looked artifacts? at it really, compl- really closely, yeah, yeah. But on like a three D model, like it's smoothed out and stuff anyway, so it's right. not such an issue.
1: So do you like Unity? Yes,
0: yeah, good. Yeah, I don't really have like a massive amount of complaints about it. Really, like. It's cool.
1: Cool. And so are you going to do, is that all you're doing now at Unity or are you working out?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something I still have to decide really because (laughs) um, like I've had to make decisions like do I want to, did I want to stick with Flash? Did I want to completely move to Unity? Do I want to sort of consider myself a cross-platform developer and use the best like thing for the job? And that is, I was, I'm sort of erring that, I was erring that way but then, when it comes to it, like, when I get an email for, like, do you want to make this Flash thing I'm, or do you want to make this HTML5 thing, I'm normally like, mm, not really. Whereas like, when it's, like, do you want to make this Unity thing, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm that, way more so likely so odd, to take it? Unity projects, basically, because
1: I find yeah. them. Uh, so what are you going to do now? It's done. Have you got another
0: project? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm doing the... Uh, working on my own game at the moment. So um, So you're back to doing your own game. Yeah. Um, in Unity, and I'll keep you updated on that when I've got stuff to, to say about it, really. Right, but where are you just starting
1: a new game, or is it something you've been working on for a while? Uh, I or is mean, it... it's
0: like I was saying before, it's, like, it's, a, it's roughly Super Gun Kids-based thing, basically. Yeah. So it's taking <laughs> those ideas. Because like, the thing is, I have a prototype of Super Gun Kids that was done in Flash. I mean, it's like, not even a prototype, it's like most of the game. And it's, like, it's pretty fun, and there's lots of things about it that I like and I think I got right, so... And that's but never you know, been released. You, you never released it. No, exactly. So I want to sort of get those ideas out there mm. in something that uses like more modern technology that I'm happier with. So, okay. I mean, one, one of the things that I thought worked really well on this dumping ground game was doing the 2.5D thing, where the characters are 2D, but the 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 sort of um, the set is 3D. So yeah, maybe expect but, more of that. Well, we did that in um, Big and Small all those so yeah. Okay. It's super effective, actually. There's a, there's a game studio called Way Forward who, um, they do a lot of their stuff like this. Like, they did the DuckTales remastered thing and that was, mm. like, all the levels are 3D but the characters are, are like, really nicely done 2D animations. Uh, what,
1: yeah, who, what was big that? and small. That was really good. Oh, <laughs> apparently it's still... Well, I think they might have just taken it off, actually. Because I think they're, they're slowly getting rid of the Flash things. Oh, really? I think so. That's a shame you know, it's had a pretty good run for computer stuff, is not it? <laughs> oh, hang on, look, 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 Big and Small House, Computer Only. It's a game, apparently. Where it's... Oh, look, is Does that it? Does it work? Uh, play on Computer. Yeah, it looks like it's
0: loading. That's cool. I hope the BBC oh, wow. do keep all that stuff up. Yeah. Because I hope, you know, they learnt the lesson of, like, the BBC archives things where they used to erase tapes and stuff. Yeah
1: and i'm just looking at it now it's, it's a bit weird it seems to be a slightly different aspect ratio because i'm getting some weird clipping around the edges but
0: it might not like your retina screen or something yeah it works it seems to well obviously it works way better than it used to
1: just because of how good computers have got
0: right they've all,
1: yeah they've all changed oh that still works so
0: how did you find that project If people at home want to find it Oh, uh, I just Googled big and
1: small, actually. Big and small. Um, so, yeah. It was sort
0: I, of like, have you played Toka Band? Toca Boka Band, or whatever it's called. No. there was Is that a sort of music game? It's a similar idea in that, like, you can, you've got different people, different characters, and they have different instruments, and you yeah. can drag them into different spots yeah. to create different combinations of music. Huh. A lot like you guys did on big and small.
1: Yeah, that was just one very small part of that project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, Toka are great. They they uh, they're the masters of like silly animations and silly sounds and stuff. I hear
1: they're good, but I'm so out of the kind of kids digital stuff now. Yeah. Uh yeah, just totally not something <laughs> I'm in into at all. Um, should we finish up? I just noticed yeah. we got a a, a twit a Twitter comment. Did you see that? What was it? Uh, from. G Y G Y G ninety three. All it's <laughs> all capitals, right? So let's just let's just get this straight. All right, this is the the uh, the tone of this tweet. All what say Cedric on the pics in her late letter send on Facebook are verity. All the Hyde menaces turn against her enemies.
0: That sounds fake. Really,
1: you don't yeah. think that's a real person?
0: No. What it?
1: what's that it's just it's just weird isn't it maybe i should just block and report spam
0: i guess so that's
1: all the comments we get isn't it we've
0: really? actually got a load of comments that we'll probably need to do a special episode just to go through our questions and comments yeah cool well yeah in. i think we can leave this one for now but just say yeah it's was it was cool good. working I with like- uh something else in the BBC they're both they're all lovely and all the freelancers that worked on the project as well were all cool so yeah it's a good one
1: it was good to hear about like unity you know I've I haven't used it for a few years and but I always had felt good about the people there and that they were doing things in a good way and it seems like because of your positive experience that they're still doing the right things
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, people um, get worried every so often that they're going to sell to, like, Microsoft or Samsung or something. It'd be awful if they did that. (laughs) I think people would hate it. Yeah. Like, I can't really say, because I can't predict the future, like, what would really happen, but it doesn't... It's, like, if if Unity can continue just doing what they're doing now and that's profitable enough, then that would be the ideal situation.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, like, it's maybe not... it's not maybe like a massively high margin business Mm. selling software like uh i think they'd they'd rather have another line of business that's like more profitable say like an ad network or something like that which is what they one of the things they've done yeah um but yeah
1: i hope they still carry on doing it
0: yeah, it's good seem that like, it seems like they really care about it. It's good to it, have like it? an industry standard technology for making games that is powerful, but at the same time like accessible to new people. Yeah, um, that's like just a really sweet spot, I think. Like where if you have a problem, you can go and find a solution. Like if you want to learn this technology for the first time, it's not going to like be a complete like brick wall in your face, like some things are. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's definitely reasonably accessible, isn't it? Yeah, totally.
1: Cool. And if you want to get started doing Unity, what do you reckon?
0: Uh just go to Unity three D dot com, I think it is, download the free version and go to the unity three D dot com slash learn bit, which is where there's loads of video tutorials which are really good.
1: So you think just the actual resources that Unity Yeah, provide they're themselves amazing. Like the Will
0: Will Goldstone is the head of the their like they've got an internal education team who are just I know that name. He wrote a book about Unity. Okay. A while back. Hmm. Um, cool yeah he's the, the sort of head of their they've got an internal education team which I just think is an amazing idea in itself yeah totally um, and they do all, all of their stuff is free cool cool
1: alright excellent
0: brilliant so that yeah. was interesting
1: I, yeah. I liked hearing about that that's good
0: okay see you next um, um, yeah see you next week <laughs> have you got anything to plug uh,
1: some workshops on sale on Tuesday Amsterdam second spatch of uh my internet of things workshop cool
0: and uh, more about that in the next episode i guess
1: oh yeah yeah we'll be talking about electronics next week um yeah so so those are on sale on tuesday morning
0: cool and i guess i've got one thing to plug which is i'm speaking at a games conference called uh indie games conference <laughs> when's that it's uh, uh beginning of march it's igc oh, cool. 15 it's being held at UK in london which is like the um the uk trade body for games industry thing but it's it's nice. uh only 10 pounds per day for tickets and all the money goes to charity sounds like a bargain yeah it's fifth fifth or sixth of march in excellent all right cool cool igc15.com okay excellent thanks for listening thanks, everyone bye. i'll see you next time
1: bye